NCAA's ruling yesterday that athletes now can make uh, money on their likeness, which, like, you you, you brought up a good point, Ebo, and, like, I, I use the example of, you know, the music major who will play at, you know, a bar mitzvah or, you know, you and I are big brunch guys, you know, who hasn't, who doesn't love like the Edgewater or thirsty goat sardine. Yeah. Or the thirsty goat has music. They have a piano player Good brunch, right you there, know, on, on the weekends and you know, nobody's coming, you know, it's not, a, you're not losing your scholarship. If you play the piano at a weekend brunch, or like I said, I went to an art show, uh, which to me was so funny that it was literally the art, the UW Madison's art galleries across the street from the Cole center. So yeah, on one side of the street, you have art students, having an art show, they're trying to make money uh, and, you know, become professional artists. And the other side of the street, you have basketball players playing and trying to become professional athletes, but dare if they make some money off their their basketball craft, but dudes across the street are selling their paintings left and right. And then you're like, well, but, you know, how much money are they making? I suppose if there was some artist in there making five million bucks, somebody would be sniffing around. And that's where the, the, the funny thing about this, or where the, I still think it's... Well, no one's pr- above getting taxed by the government. Right. And if you if you think you are, welcome to prison, or unless you're right. very, very rich, you can get out of it. If you're like Jeff Bezos, who paid nothing in taxes. <laughs> like, if you're uber rich, you don't have to go to prison. and if Or if you pay your taxes, you don't have to go to prison. Hey, they got Al Capone and, and Wesley Snipes. Those guys the, couldn't beat it. Exactly. Well, I mean, they were criminals. So I don't... The thing that... I would like someone to tell me is why they think it's a bad idea for people that are good at their craft to make money off their their own name. Uh, yeah. I, then, why, why would you be against it? Well, in, in any, any profession, right? I mean, there are, I, I don't know, how many, take it, and I'm completely guessing, like how many different majors do you think there are at the University of Wisconsin? 50, 100, I can Google 200? Yeah, a lot, ton. Um, there would only be three that I can think of where you can't get paid off it. That would be because hockey is a, you know, it's not in the level of basketball and football, but it is a revenue generating sport, obviously men's basketball and football. And I've said this since day one that, you know, why do we treat John? 129. So there's 129 majors. Undergraduate majors. That means 126 of them. You can make money off of it and, and and not be in danger of being kicked out of school or losing your scholarship. And I just always never got down with the NCA. Like they're not student athletes. They're athlete students, right? Like Frank Kaminsky wanted to play in the NBA. His major was basketball, right? Yep. Jonathan Taylor is going he to be. He must have switched after his uh, sophomore well, year. Well, yeah, a lot of people switch majors. I mean, my roommate didn't even know what he wanted to be until I'm like, senior year when you had to declare a major. I'm like, broski, you better, you get, better on get on this. On that, like, dude. they're going to kick you out here in a month. Um, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a first-round NFL draft pick next May, right? Yep, he is. So his profession is not, he doesn't want to be a doctor. He doesn't want to be an architect. He doesn't want to be a teacher. He wants to be a professional running back. That's yep. his major. That's why his do major. we? So why treat Jonathan Taylor any different than the guy who draws wants to design yeah. buildings down on the isthmus? And the good thing is the NCAA realized how much of a bunch of idiots they are, and they're going to remedy, hopefully remedy it by twenty twenty one. That'd be like going like MATC at Madison College. They have a culinary arts program. Let's say you're running your own food truck while you're going to school. Great example. That would be like you. Going out there and cooking in your food truck, serving the masses, but you have to give all of your money that you did and earned yourself to Madison College. To Madison College. Because you're going to school there. Would that make any sense to you? None. So why does it make any sense for people to be upset and mad about a college kid who's really good at what they do when it comes to college football, let's use college football for example, and not make money off their name? Like if they sign an autographed. 
It's their name. What does it matter? Let yeah. them make money. You know, I mean, Ohio State. Well, people will get jealous. Right. Who uh, cares? Ohio State, before Urban Meyer, who, give him credit, he, he, I mean, I don't like him as a human being. You respect the guy's prowess as a coach. Before Urban Meyer got there, I mean, Ohio State's football program was brought down because of autographs. Right. I mean, Jim Tressel won a national title, had been in national, multiple national title games, Heisman Trophy winners. They, I mean, Ohio State was the dominant team in the Big Ten. They got brought down because of autographs, yep. because Braxton Miller and a couple other uh, star players traded autographs and a jersey to get a tattoo. And uh, like, how stupid is that? Like, again, that'd be like your food technology, like, you know, you, you, you are you, you are some culinary whiz kid and you say, hey, man. Can I swap me lunch and I'll give you, you know, five bucks. And then Madison College or the university says, wait a minute. Did you just trade that guy your panini sandwich you make for, you know, $5 off your tattoo? Oh, I'm sorry. We're You are now kicked out of the culinary department here. Like, it's so asinine, like, but here's the that's thing. the world we live for in. For those tattoos, if you got... I understand if you got over five hundred dollars worth of work on free tattoo, you're supposed to declare that. That's Correct. like that. That right there. No matter who you are, you'll get charged by the government if you're found out because the government's a bunch of idiots, swamp goblins. But if you're out there signing an autograph for twenty dollars at a car dealership, who cares? Who cares? Like, you know, how many? I, I would like to someone to call and tell us why it's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, I, the only bad idea, and there's no nobody ever should not get it. I mean, this is what America, this is what you watch it all the time. I've, like, been obsessed lately with the show Shark Tank, and you hear it over and over. Like, you are, and all the sharks will say, you are living the American dream. And it's cheesy, but it's right. You know, it's these little mom and pa shops who, you know, some stay-at-home mom develops some way to keep her hair dry, you know, when she's in the bathtub and, you know, Mark Cuban wants to give her a million bucks for it. Like, that's the American dream. Like, if if Graham Mertz becomes a superstar in two years and somebody wants to give him 20 bucks for his autograph, hopefully he doesn't go Lou Ferrigno and, and big bone you. Friggin' Lou. Um, but assuming Graham Mertz says, yeah, absolutely. Graham Mertz should be allowed. If somebody values Graham Mertz's photograph or autograph for $20, then what a great country we live in that somebody's willing to give this guy 20 bucks for to take yeah. a picture with him. And look, I brought that Richard Burr guy, that senator out of uh, North Carolina. This is how fast the government will try and tax I know, him. it's the same day! So the AP broke the story that the NCAA will permit athletes to be compensated to their names, images, and likeness. And so they did it an hour after, oh, yeah, an yeah, hour yeah. after the AP released it, this dude from North Carolina said that he's going to... T- He's going to tax everyone that does it. That's how quick the government will try to stick their hands in your your pockets. Maybe he's just not a very big North Carolina or Duke fan. Oh yeah, maybe you he's know a big NC State guy. Well, right, or you know Wake Forest is a little brother that's actually playing. They're having a monster. A lot of people think they're going to go to the Orange Bowl. Maybe he's just repping the Demon Deacons because you know when when the next Zion Williamson rolls into Duke, how much money is that dude going to? Well, get? this guy's a clown. He said if if college athletes are going to make money off their likeness while in school, their scholarship should be treated like income. I'll be introducing legislation that subjects scholarships given to athletes who choose to cash into income taxes. Then, like your art department thing. What, how come no one does it to them then? If they have, I, yeah, I mean, I was. I at get it. That. If you sell over a certain amount of money, you have to you oh, have right. to report. But why don't they do it to them then? Exactly. And these were, you know, it was it was cool. You know, it was like it was a, like an art guy, but it was there were students. You know, these were small amounts, $40, 50 sixty dollars. Yeah, there was no. 
art in there. You know, there, there wasn't a Picasso that was going for $7 Because if there was, you're right. Nobody's above paying their taxes and, and the government taking its piece. But, yeah, I mean, again, if if somebody, if the, 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 the starting right wing on the hockey team or the power forward on the, the basketball team, even if it's a couple hundred bucks, because right now, that couple hundred bucks, if you take that couple hundred bucks, you're done playing. Your team is probably going to get suspended from postseason play or bowl games or the NCAA tournament. You're going to lose scholarships for some kid getting stopped in the street and saying, hey, can I pay you like $20 to get an autograph? Like, think about how crazy that is right now. Like, if if Jonathan Taylor did that today, like, Wisconsin football is not going to a bowl it's game. Ins- it's insanity. Like, that's just it's the dumbest insanity. thing of all time. It's so dumb. That's just how greedy and grubby and dirty the NCAA and the government is. Uh, all right, 608-321-1671 away in on this uh, topic. I do taxation get- is theft, Joe. Yep. Taxation is theft. I believe the uh, colonial said taxation without representation was uh, how the uh, – that's how we were formed as a country because yep. we were getting pissed off for being taxed for stuff that wasn't ours. I like the NCA is the British Empire from the 1700s. I think that's the best analogy we've come up with yet. This hockey team, Barry, you know, Friday night, a little disappointing. I mean, look, we always want to say you're going to win every game. The the justification of the comeback is you get the split on Saturday. You know, you only fall one spot in the polls. I mean, Clarkson's a fringe top 10 team anyway. What's your takeaway from the, uh, the weekend that was at the Kohl Center? That was, uh, you know, flowers there both nights. And Friday night, I mean, Clarkson is a really, really good team. They have older guys, big team, guys that can bury the puck, play very fast, physical, have a have a grad goaltender, like a fifth-year grad goaltender, sort of the Russell Wilson, uh, who stopped about, you know, 39 shots on Friday night. Uh, I think his name is Frank Murat. Um you know, that's a very, very good team. So I'm actually impressed that they came back Saturday and rebounded after sort of getting, uh, you know, stomped on Friday and, and came back and guns a-blazing 3-0, and then they, you know, got off guard a little bit, a little loose on the defense, 3-3, and then scored six seconds left. But exciting game for fans, that's for sure. And uh, once again, the freshman showing up, Cole Caulfield with another goal. Barry, now seven goals. He leads the nation uh, in goal scoring. Uh, What can you say about him specifically and then this group of uh, freshmen as a whole? Yeah, I mean, they talk about Caulfield. He had had a goal. I mean, I think he was – that was a team that was a little more physical, so they were they were bumping and grinding a little bit. And uh, and you look at Alex Turcott, the other freshman who is uh, I think fifth overall pick from LA Kings. Uh, he was out with the illness, a respiratory uh, illness, and uh, Coach Granado kept him out. He thought maybe he could play Saturday, but he thought it would be better to to rest him. So he was not in the lineup, and you could see that was just a little bit different off. So something was off, right? I mean, the, the lines get changed, the power play personnel gets changed, and you could see that sort of Friday night. Coach Granado switched up the lines a little bit on Saturday, and the power play group. And, and they definitely responded. So the team played well. I'm encouraged a lot, really, guys. I, I see Lebedev seeing the puck, um, you know, very, very good. Their penalty kill is doing a lot better than last year, a lot, a lot better, which is going to win you games. So I am definitely encouraged and the uh, with the way this team is playing. Well, Barry, two weekends ago when you you know they beat uh, Minnesota Duluth, which huge team in the country, huge two wins. When you lose that first game on Friday, what's the locker room like? You know, maybe in your playing experiences as well from Friday losing then winning again on Saturday. Is hope spring eternal there? 
Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, the real pressure on you. I mean, you're at home. You're trying to perform. Uh, you had high expectations, especially coming off sweep in Duluth. So everyone's like, hey, what next, guys? You know, I mean, come on, what happened here? 4-0? But that happens. I mean, that's that's going to happen over the course of the season. That's why you play four out of seven series. It's just, uh, and, and you know, that's, it's not like March Madness where you, if you lay an egg, you're done, one and done. So they did Friday night. It was not a good game, um, you know, and I, they definitely responded. So it was it was something that they got to learn from. They are still young, but at the same time, it's, uh, it, 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 was, it was difficult to watch on Friday in terms of their team play, their defense, and the energy. You thought they were going to come out with that high, but I think they found that Clarkson is a really, really good team. They are. They're going to be in, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament for sure. Uh, visiting with our uh, Badger Hockey and Center for Badger Hockey great Barry Richter. So, you know, last week, uh, Barry, when we were visiting, we talked about this incredible jump in the polls, one of the biggest, I think it was the second biggest ever for a Wisconsin hockey team. They go from, you know, 17 to 6. This week after the split, they drop, but they only go down one spot. Do you think it's it's fair right now where this team sits at 4-2 at and two to be ranked 7th uh, in the nation? Yeah, it's fair. It is fair. And then this weekend, or I, actually, shall I say Thursday and Friday's games at Penn State, which are on Big Big Ten Network, are, is, is going to be another indication of where this team is at. I mean, you're going to a very hostile um, you know, place to play, a lot of energy. They spread it out. They're a top uh, 10 team, I believe, or maybe it's 12th or 11th. I can't remember. It depends on what poll you look at. But Penn State is a good team. So you're going to see a little bit of uh, – you know, growth in this team and, okay, which, what do we have here? And uh, it's going to be a very, very difficult uh, weekend series. I mean, it's a Big Ten play. It's a Big Ten opener. So, you know, both teams will be excited to play. And it's, uh, I'm looking forward to watching it on the TV. Hey, I got to know what Barry Richter did Saturday. Six seconds left when that game winner hits. What did you do, Barry? Dude, I ran to my car to get out of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it was just really, really exciting. It was a great play by Roman Sean, who beat a uh, defenseman and sort of had a partial breakaway. And then uh, I believe it was, uh, gosh, 18-0, and Lundmark sort of banged it home, you know, uh, the rebound that was just laying there. So it was, you got to give these kids credit because they were, they were up 3-0, and then Clarkson pulls a goalie. It's 3-2. They're clawing back Clarkson. They have momentum. They bury the puck with about, I don't know, a minute 10 left or something like that on the clock. And here they are, you know, with a minute left. You think you're going into overtime, right? You think you're excited about overtime and maybe watching the shootout, and boom. I mean, it was sort of like the last, uh, you know, like a, like, a, like a final shot in second in, in basketball. This was a really rare play in hockey to get sort of a, a goal this late in the game to win the game, a walk-off, so to speak. Hey, uh, before we get into uh, On the Ice with Penn State, Barry, a, a quick uh, request of you. I So I found a mullet wig at Party City. Can I borrow a Richter, like, 92 jersey? I want to go as Barry Richter for uh, Halloween got, tomorrow I, night. You bet. I got plenty of jerseys for you, man. You bet. <laughs> I got to get that over to you. I'm heading to Chicago for a hockey tournament, but... Yeah, you got to go there. I don't know if there was, there was two kids at the game on uh, Saturday night that were dressed up like uh, the Hanson brothers. Oh, <laughs> man. It was awesome. They had the mullet. They had the glasses with tape on it. They had blood coming from their face and everything. <laughs> so they had the Charleston Chiefs jerseys on. So Halloween's a great time of year. I remember uh, putting on the pads. and Bear, what's your favorite? Like what's your hockey when I was a kid. What's your favorite jersey you've had through all your stops? Uh, that was my Ranger jersey. That Stanley Cup Ranger jersey is just awesome. So yeah. it's a classic jersey that hasn't changed in many, many years. The original six teams. So that one I'm going to keep, Joe. You're not going to take uh, that out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but just give me some of that grape or cherry, but none of that stinking root beer, eh, Barry? <laughs> there you go, boys. I love it. I love it. <laughs> 
All right, so talk about Penn State. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you got a little bit of a sampling of a road test show a couple weeks ago with, with BC in, in that game, but obviously Penn State, a big-time opponent, ranked 12th in the country, only one loss on the season. Uh, you know, they've been near the top of the Big Ten Conference the last couple of years. What, what, what do the Nittany Lions bring to the ice this week? Well, they spread the game out, so when I say that, they're going to go, you know, sideways with the puck. Um, you know, if everything's over another half of the rink, what the puck is, they're going to try to get it to the other side quick and then move it. They're a very explosive team. Um, they like to run and gun, so to speak. I mean, people are saying, what is this? Are these games going to be nine against seven, you know, against Wisconsin? So you just never know what the, what the game's going to bring you, but they are a very explosive team. Obviously, they're going to have the energy behind the home crowd, Big Ten opener. You know, against a rival, you got to remember, guys. Last year they kicked out Wisconsin. You know, I think I believe it was yeah. an overtime game in the playoffs in the Big Ten playoffs. So there is definitely some kind of a rivalry there, as there was some bad blood, some things that happened during that series, if you recall, last uh, last spring. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a really good test for the Badgers. They have to focus on D. I saw some things that maybe they got to tighten up a little bit defensively. You know, in their own zone, and that's all five players. That's just not that's not the defenseman and the and Lebedev. That's everyone together. You got to you got to have good structure. Well, it's crazy how Penn State is where they are now because they just came in at a hockey program what five years ago. I want to say like they're very new, right? Very new, and, and Guy Godowski's got to give you got to give that guy a lot of credit. He's the head coach there. You know, Terry Pagula, I believe he owns the Buffalo. Uh, Sabers, um, and I'm not sure if he if he is uh, Buffalo Bills as well, but he laid down about 50 million, built a brand new rink there, got some energy behind it. Penn State grad, obviously, and you know, coming from uh, that's what happens in hockey, guys. You build a program around veteran players. You've seen Arizona State do it, and you can rise pretty quick if you have a really solid coach and and uh, and a solid facility around you. And it, and it doesn't hurt that Penn State has a great big name in, in terms of Big Ten and, and just getting on campus. So it's pretty neat to see that that, that uh, program has really turned into a powerhouse. Uh, Barry, what, what what's the rationale or reasoning, or, or is there one behind Thursday, Friday? I mean, normally we say, hey, we're all for different, but when you when you play a you know a grinding, grueling series, you know, it comes down to the final second Saturday night. They're probably on a plane already right now. I mean, what what is the is this a Big Ten thing, a Big Ten Network thing? Like, what's the reasoning behind Thursday Friday for these games? Yeah, I think it's a Big Ten thing. It's it's definitely. I think both games are on Big Ten Network, so maybe trying to get a little more exposure. Try to find. I'm sure the network is trying to find that sort of niche for hockey. Where can they get the audience? Because remember, they tried to do a Friday Sunday, if you recall, maybe a couple years back when the Big Ten Network is, uh, you know, televising games. So maybe the Thursday Friday is going to just, you know, stay away from football. Well, you got NFL going on Thursday, but maybe for that niche hockey fan, you know, that's going to watch it on Big Ten, they're going to capture that. So I, I, I'm sure it's like a beta test. Try to think, uh, think how it goes. You know, in, in hockey, it's not it, that. That's a long stretch. That's okay. You know, the guys played Saturday night. They had Sunday off. Monday, Tuesday, get back in it. And actually, as a hockey player, you'd rather see games a little bit closer together. Whereas college, you play two hard games, day off, and then you have a sort of practice week, and then you play Friday. So it's a it's a little bit different than the NHL. Where NHL is maybe almost every other day. You do have back-to-back games, and then you have two days off. So this is more indicative of the NHL schedule. Hey, speaking of the NHL, did you see your uh, buddy uh, Brian Elliott, who became one of the first goaltenders like in decades to win three starts in one week? Uh, how about the uh, the former Badger getting it done, man? Getting it done, Al. And they all lives in town here in Madison, and 
nicknamed Kid Els. So it's good to see him. I mean, he's had a great story career. He just he's, he has some uh, bumps, you know, in his career, but he still grinds it out. Top level goalie, really, really good person, you know, all together. So it's good to see. I think he got Player of the Week in the NHL. So it's awesome. I mean, it's really he has showed some resilience as an NHL top-notch goaltender. Barry, two questions for you, man. When's the Richter Pond open up? When when do we iron up for you to go skate on the Richter Pond? <laughs> oh, yeah. God, boys, I mean, I, I, got, I mean, need some warm weather to melt the snow so I can, you know, drive the pylons in to get the to get the boards up. So we always, we always do it you know, the day after Thanksgiving, but I'm hoping so for a little Canadian schnook to come down, you know, a little warm weather. <laughs> Hopefully we can have the, to melt uh, everything before we lay the boards down. Yeah, has uh, Barry got any concerts coming up? No, I don't have any What do you mean, no? Easy top, buddy. Dude. So a good time there. Barry, sure you and I crushing at Greta Van Fleet. You get your beard and mullet at the same time. Yeah, we'll get you to some concerts, Barry, all right? All we'll right, get Blake buddy. there, too. Sounds good. Hey, so, Barry, if I'm going as Barry Richter tomorrow for Halloween, are you going as Ogie Oglethorpe then? <laughs> totally opposite of what I was, right? I was a skilled defenseman, so, you know, why oh. not try to be a fighter that I was definitely not? So Ogie Oglethorpe! Oh, God, Speak, that's great. Hey, Barry, I looked it up all the video games. The only Richter I could find was Mike Richter. So we got, a bone, we got a bone to pick with Mike. BS. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. But, I mean, speaking of that, guys, the likeness thing, and I've been listening to it here before I hopped on the phone. Yeah. This is going to be really, really interesting, and I know they have time a couple years to, to figure this out. Um, you know, what happens if players start taking their sticks or their, their shoes, you know, flip on signing them and selling them in the sun? I mean, this, there, there's a lot of great areas that are going to be shaken out here, you know, in terms of this happening. I think it's the good thing. I think it's the right call, but it's going to be really, really interesting to see how they sort of police this. Yeah, so you know it's a it's a great point you bring up, Barry. And I remember a couple weeks ago when Strobes was in here, and we were talking about you know where you have these first round draft picks, you know guys like Caulfield and Turcotte who are you know millionaires waiting in the wings, you know, and you're trying to manage and you know maybe not the ego but the personality or the the aura around this. You know now you add another layer to this where you know not only are these guys going to be NHL first round draft picks, but you know yeah they they could be signing autographs after the game, and then who's keeping track of the money like? Uh, you know, go back to when you played. How would this have flown, and how do you think this is going to look in two years when this thing becomes official? Don't ask, don't tell, right, Barry? Well, exactly. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> sort of the Wild West. I mean, there, there's times where you have uh, equipment, you know, whether it's just worn-out equipment, right? And uh, it's no good anymore. I mean, can a player take that and sign that and, and sell it? Um, what is, is Cole Caulfield, and we're just putting names out there, right? You know, he's a first-rounder. You know, does he go out and buy a bunch of uh, Montreal jerseys, you know, at uh, at a good price, and then uh, you know, set up shop uh, over at Hilldale over Christmas, you know what I mean, and sign a sign a sign a bunch of jerseys uh, and and make a profit off of it. So it's just really really interesting to see how this will shake out, and then also in terms of like smaller colleges, you know, what's going to happen to them? How are they going to be able to recruit against this? you know, it will be really, really interesting. So it's fascinating. I think it's the right call. I just don't know how it's going to shake Barry. out in terms of, you know, what this means for future college athletics. Hey, Barry. Thank you, Barry. We'll do it again next week, brother. All right, boys. Happy Halloween. We'll talk to you next week. See Here you, he is, a former Badger hockey great Barry Rick. The Brewers are, they have rebranded for their 50th year. This is the 50th year of Brewer baseball coming up in 2020. The franchise started, obviously, in 1970s. So just like, you know, the Packers had the hundred year last year, they did a lot of great celebrations. The Brewers, it's a big, it's a big, it's a, it's a milestone year, 50 years. So they are rebranding. 
So they are bringing back the ball and glove logo, the MB inside Beautiful. the ball and glove. There's a little tweak to it. They changed the stitching yeah, on the baseball. On it, yeah. And they put the name Milwaukee Brewers in the circle, whereas last time it was just the just the glove. So it's basically the same logo that we grew, or at least someone like me grew up with it's you just know, in the 80s. And, but here's the thing. Like, you, they, most of the games, there's 162 baseball games. I'd say, what, 140 of them, 130 of them, they wear the, the M logo cap with the little, yeah. you know, husk of wheat below it. But 30, 40 times a year, they have throwback Fridays. Um, sometimes they when they go on road games and the other teams weren't throwbacks. I, I would say 30 times last year the Brewers were the end. So they're not really bringing it back. Like the article here in the Journal Sentinel is, Brewers planning to bring back ball and glove logo. They're just bringing it back as their main logo. Like the logo never left, right? They're just yeah, they just do it it's for like, their main like logo. Off now. nights, throwback nights. Correct. Now this will uh, allegedly and Topps Baseball released a bunch of cards with it already on it, and they're doing a little rebrand. Their main logo starting in 2020. All right, so like you can still go to like because I learned this the hard way when some jackwagon stole my. Miller time tank top that I had to go to the like the Brewers Pro Shop. I still don't know how um, you lost that tank top. I, I, unbelievable. I had to like buy it. It was on your body. I know. They wouldn't let me into Miller Park because I didn't have a shirt on. So I went in, bought a t shirt. Like there was a ton of t shirts and hats that had the ball glove logo. I would assume now that it's the main logo, it's going to be even more, right? This is going to be like there. When you now think of the Brewers, even though, again, for me as a 40 something year old who grew up, this is the only logo I knew. Till I was probably in high school. Like mm-hmm. this to me is the Brewers logo. But I guess guys your age and certainly, you know, kids like my son's age, you know, probably are thinking more of the M, the cursive M logo. So this is going to be now the main Brewers logo. So I have two questions for you guys. I want to get to our, we do have a poll in the field. Out of all the Brewer logo, let's just start with the Brewers before we get to other sports teams. Out of yeah. just the Brewers franchise, is the glove logo, I'll start with you, Ebo, then Nelson, is the Brewers glove logo the best specific to the Brewers logo they've ever had. That is indeed my favorite. Lo- See, I struggle with the M and the B and the barrel man from 1970 to 77. I think the M and the B, they had it from what, 78 to 93. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. Then I'll go barrel man in 70, 70, 1970 to 1977. Then my next favorite would be the present one with the M with the, the wheat or whatever underneath it. And then I'll go... I'd like the '90s for uh, the ni- the '90s logo, '94 to '99, where it was that kind of weird, like teal green in it. I kind of like that one, but that's that's my wheelhouse because when I was growing up as a kid, I have Zuba's pants that are that color <laughs> with the logo on it. I'm partial to that one, but my favorite one's the M and the B. All right, uh, Nelson, you're a big diehard baseball guy. Out of all the logos, the M with the you know the the husk of barley, Ebo's, you know the, the my neon. least favorite one is the is from 2017. It said Brewers. With the ball behind it, I just didn't. Yeah, or Milwaukee. There was two. There was Milwaukee. I just didn't care for that one. Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't like that one either. What's the best? Just and then we got to follow up. What's just Nelson the best Brewer logo of all time? Oh, I'd have to go with the ball and glove as well. I really do like their Friday throwbacks with the pinstripes. Those are probably my favorite Brewer uniforms that they've worn. Okay, and then follow up for both of you. When they should they now that they're bringing this back, should they bring back? the powder blue road uniforms, which I think are the greatest sports uniforms of all time in the early 80s when they had yes, the, they're beautiful. When they had the ball and glove logo and their road uniforms were the powder blue. I've heard a lot of people that really like those uniforms, except for some of the blowback that I have heard is the the pants. They weren't they weren't fans of the pants. Who cares? 
That color, I mean, the color's sick. People call it Carolina blue. Like I'm in the screen printing industry. I call that's it a, Brewers blue. Yeah, it's. I mean, Carolina blue. The that's Brewers blue, man. Yeah, get it Screw right. Carolina blue. All right, so I think, and I definitely agree with you guys. I think the, this is the best Brewers logo of all time. So now that it's the best Brewers logo, where does it fit for Wisconsin sports logos? Because all four of the Wisconsin sports teams have a pretty recognizable, iconic logo, right? The yeah. Pa- the, the, the Packers G. G unit. I mean, if you, if you see that, if you're even a casual sports fan, like my mom and sister love them to dear to death. They don't know. They, they couldn't. They maybe could name Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. But if I showed you a G on a shirt, they they would say that's the Packers. They at least know the G stands for the Green Bay Packers. Sure. So we can all agree the G is pretty universally recognized. Stands right? for greatness. All right. The Motion W. Allegedly. Is if you if you see the Motion W. Again, you could be you could probably not name one Badger football, basketball, or hockey player, but if you are an American citizen, or if you are a Wisconsin resident, you probably know that that logo refers to the University of Wisconsin, right? Yes. Uh, now, we had a great debate on Bango during the break. And I'm not, look, the Bucks have also liked the Brewers had many. I'm just talking about the cartoon, the Bango, which is, you know. The old school one. The old school Bango, the this Buck one, logo. correct? Exactly. Yeah. The buck, the ball spinning on his hoof. Beautiful. The bango. To me, that when I think of the Milwaukee Bucks, that's what I think of. Same. I love that logo. All right. So we have a Twitter poll in the field right now at Zone Madison. Which is the best logo in Wisconsin sports? We have all determined that the Brewers glove logo is the best Brewer logo that there is. There's only one Packer logo. It's the G. There's only one Badger logo. It's the Motion W. There are multiple Buck logos, but like the Brewers, I think we agree, or at least you and I do. I haven't. Well, Nelson hates the Bucks. It doesn't matter. You and I agree. The Bango is the best of the Buck logos, right? That's my favorite. There was so back in the '50s and er, and I think up to '61, there were two different Packers logos. But <laughs> Joe, Google 1951 to 1955 Packers logo. It's like a little kid designed it on. Now I know uh, word art and. Photoshop didn't exist at the time, but it looked like some little kid got onto like clip art and designed the Packers logo. Ooh. Yeah. Oof. And then there's what a, the hell is that? It's got like they look like little goalposts that my nine year old drew. Yeah, it's that's pretty bad. Yeah. And then there's one from '56 to '61 that was like a dude, like old school football player in front of the state of Wisconsin throwing a football, and he's on a football. That's okay. It's okay, but the G, the G is what it's at. Listen, we know how to find the G spot around here, so that's my favorite one. <laughs> and um, Wisconsin, when did they? Motion W was Barry Alvarez. Yeah, when, when did he... they flip to the Motion W? Yeah, I think it uh, would be about year. <sighs> Got to be mid nineties. They're what, really what... thinking outside of the box. There, here's um, what we're gonna do. We're gonna just kind of tilt it. <laughs> <laughs> just tilt it a little bit. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, you could say, you know, but it's cool. Uh, it's iconic. I just love the. I love the color. I love the red that it is. The color red that it is. I don't know what color red that is. Well, but how I about love this? It. The artist. Here you go. You guys want a little Badger history? Uh, Rayovax chief art design artist Rick Suchek developed the Motion W. Man, he must it have been thinking ta- long and hard in the lab. It had a tail on it. Alvarez thought the tail was too much, and he removed it and decided to go with the Motion W. In 1991. So there you I mean, go. It's the iconic. But it's just, I mean, we're yes. just going to. Okay. For those of you who were not on this planet before 1991, the old Badger logo was a block W. 
So their big rebranding was to take the block and make it a motion W. Again, not really the break, but whatever. Hey, it works. They've won six. They've, they've been in six Rose Bowls in 25 years with that logo. So it, it's not going anywhere now. True. So motion W, G, Bango the Buck, or the Brewers now Ball and Glove logo, which they are returning to. What is the best logo in Wisconsin sports, 608-321-1670. Man, I'll tell you the worst logo. It's got to be the Bucks when they went red and green. I, oh, I that's know the worst. That, what, the, the Vin Baker. Red ba- and green. The Vin Baker. <laughs> yeah, the Vin Baker, the end of the Ray Allen, you know, that that the mid-early 90s. And it was like that metallic look. Remember the, uh, the so they got rid of. Uh, Dude, give me the purple and green. That's what's <laughs> up for the Bucks. Remember, so. Nails Tales was the statue downtown that everyone thought I'm, looked phallic, I miss even it. though I don't I think it did it. at all. So they replaced it with this metallic look badger, which I don't even think. I don't. Why is that any better? the The Buck logo Nelson's referring to looks like the new metallic badger down on Bucky oh. Plaza. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Jimmy Jimmy Otto says it's cardinal red. Come on, Ebo. Yeah. Shame on me. It's a great color of red, but dude, Nails Tales. And the metallic badger right now. The metallic badger. It's, how is that any better than nails tails? Well, look at the. All right, so in our studio is Bucky Badger. He's mean mugging us right now. Look right behind you. That's, That's the block. Awesome w. It's logo. block W. Yeah. I love the block W. Don't mind it. I think it's old school. I love the block W. The motion W is cool. I'm a fan of the block W. I'm be honest with you. So you like this? Okay, the Bucks logo in '93. The oh, the you like the green and purple. I love the green and purple you for the Milwaukee the Bucks. They need. I wish they would have gone back to it. The green and purple is beautiful. Purple, better, the color not of better, royalty. But hang on, it's not better than Bango. You're not saying it's better than a cartoon buck. No, Bango. A- Bango's a beast. He All should right. be on. He should be purple and uh, green on. So you th- did we get it right? I mean, is Bango the most of yes. the Bucks logos? The Bango cartoon one's the best. My other favorite Bucks logo is the one that uh, it was an alternate an alt jersey, and it was with the giant. It was the purple and green with the black, and it was the giant deer with the huge horns. Like Ray Allen would have That was okay. Oh, that was the best one. Uh, 608-321-1670. TJ, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Morning, fellas. How are we? What's I'm up, doing brother? awesome, TJ. So Ebo stole my thunder, man. I The purple and green Bach logo uh, was one of my favorites. I agree, not as good as the classic Bach one. That was my favorite. So past the classic Bach and then the, um, the old brewer, yeah. which is now the new one. My only, the one thing I want to talk about was if they have the new one. Um, I don't like the, the the blue is different. It's the newer blue, and then it's like the gold. I want the old school yellow and blue. Yes, and, and powder and TJ. It only was well, shouldn't say it only. It works best with powder blue road uniforms. For sure, definitely. But I would say the current best logo. I mean, I love the Packer G. I love all of them. Badger W. The the new Buck. Um, the green buck, the deer. I, that's my favorite current one, but we're lucky. We've got a lot of good ones around here. So have a good day, fellas. See you, TJ. You're the man. Uh, thank you, TJ. Yeah, so the Bucks, uh, to TJ's point, so 68, the franchise was formed, to 92, they went with the Bango, the cartoon buck. Your uh, logo choice, the the purple and green, 93 to 2004, 4 to 14 was the orange. I don't know what that thing is. And then four years ago, they went to that cream colored one that they have now. So, out of the four Bucks logos, those they've only had four 
Uh, I think by far, to me, the favorite is the original, 68 to 92, the Bango. So I'm also, my second favorite Bucks is I love the 90s one where it's the, the green deer just staring at you. And it's right. got the purple, like, kind of triangle behind him. It says Correct. Milwaukee Bucks. I love that one. The red and the green is terrible. Like, yeah, that's I don't trash. Get, I, what, is, what is that? I, are they, Herb I think, Cole is, like, just probably hammered. You guys really don't uh, like the, the Brewers 90s logo, huh? I hate it. I The worst by that's far. That's pure 90s. It's vintage 90s. It's so dorky. And that team was, see, but here, I was telling you guys, like, that was the, where Bud Selig, and this has nothing to do with the logo, but I will associate the logo with it. Bud Selig, this was the height of the small market, big market. And Bud Selig, who then became commissioner, wanted to make a point about how unfair the Yankees and the Red Sox and the big markets were. So he put like his daughter in, he became commissioner, and he intentionally sabotaged the Brewers because really he, he wanted to make a point to Major League Baseball. So you could argue long-term it worked out, but in the 90s, as a, you know, I was in high school and college in the 90s, watch and going to Miller Park, and then County Stadium, and then Miller Park was like my favorite. They were so bad. So there's nothing positive I associate with the Brewers in the 90s, from the team to the logo to the ownership. Yeah, I think there was a reason why the logo only stuck around for six seasons. Yeah, they were too, trying cool. to be bad in the 90s. I have Zupa's pants that are that color with the logo on it. It's sick. <laughs> it's Hope so you got them at a discounted price. I did. They're, okay, like, so they're like $8. But back to my original question, what do you guys think? Are you Like the Packers and Badgers rarely change the Brewers and Bucks. They'll completely crap can an old logo and go to a new one or vice versa. Do you like the simplicity of a G and a W, or do you like a more intricate logo like the Bucks and the Brewers have? See, I'm a guy that's – I'm like a traditionalist when it comes to a lot of things, um, when, you know, sport teams and whatnot. So I love the fact that the Packers stay with their uniforms and they stay with the G. I love the – it's iconic. Why did you ever have to change the G? It's an icon. Like the Motion W, that's iconic. The, iconic. the, the Block W is iconic. Like you don't really need to – do anything to drum it up. What are the what have the Bucks always been almost their entire franchise? Bad, right? Yeah. They always got to kind of tweak because they're trying to sell merch. Exactly. What are the what are the Brewers always kind of been their whole franchise? Bad, bad. So what do they got to do? They got to sell stuff. So you got to tweak. Point. You got to tweak and you got to put stuff out there. Um, that's why I like they're kind of going back to this ball and glove. I love the ball and glove. The Bucks and their rebrand. I thought they actually killed it with their rebrand. The Bucks rebrand is yeah, awesome. I, I like it a lot. I love the new logo. I love the new colors. I'm so glad they got rid of the stupid red and green. That was terrible. Um, go back to the purple and green. But I love the new ones, too. Um, and let's see, Pike Slayer 1 up in Marinette. What's up, Jake? He says, people love, quote-unquote, hidden things. That's why the glove logo will always be the best. It's a glove, but it's also an M and a B. How, and so he says, how old were you guys when you found that out? I think I came out of the womb knowing that. Yeah, that I well, I was huge. I was huge into baseball cards as a kid, and I think it would have been probably you know trying to dig up a Robin Yount or Paul Molitor card in the early '80s, and then I had noticed it. So yeah, I did. But I I love was that. it last year that yeah we were at we were at a golf outing and the Brewers were playing the Mets yeah. and the Mets reporter thought he literally thought he was breaking the news that he reported <laughs> on like New York One. Just in, Brewer's logo is actually an M and a B. Like, the guy went to press. Like, he thought he had something. He's figured it out, folks. That's how bad of us. when then I said we are doomed as a society. I remember doing that Twitter poll. But, um, no, okay, so you look at, like, and you're right, Green Bay, why would you change it? You're the freaking Packers. You have more, time you're, you're, right, you have more championships than any team in, in pro sports. But then, okay, so why does, and it's it's not 
college versus pros, but you know, why does like an Oregon's the extreme, but they're not the only one like, hell, look in the big 10, like Northwestern and Purdue. And maybe you've already answered the question with, cause those are not winning. Like yeah. Northwestern will wear a different helmet every Sunday. Yeah. Purdue will wear a different, but some of them are cool. Like, would you like it if one week Wisconsin had a black helmet and one week they had a red helmet and one week they had a white helmet and one week they had a black and white helmet? Like, or do you just say, no, 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 no. It's the motion W, dude. You can't mess with that. Don't mess with the logo, but I like when Wisconsin throws in like like the black. Remember the black helmet they had that black one time? Black and red that was, was pretty that dope. Was pretty dope, dude. Um, don't change the logo, but like I don't mind peppering in like an old throwback uni, uni or like a, like a tweak here and a tweak there. Uh, for special occasions, I like. I like. Nelson said he hates the Acme Packers company. Uh, the, like, oh, the Navy. Hate, and the, he hates the Navy and gold. I think they're cool. Those are pretty badass. Why do you? Why are you so? I don't. I want to say. What doesn't he hate? He was hating on Aaron <laughs> Jones yesterday. <laughs> why do you hate the Acme Packing logo? They're, they're just so plain and boring, and then it looks like you crap your pants if you're playing in the. <laughs> but wet Nelson, that's the history of the, the most. Like the oldest franchise in the NFL, they started as a meat packing. Do you remember team. all those acne packing games? Yeah, they were beasts. Dude. Yeah, I don't. Who I cares? love those six to three games. Those awesome. Um, the worst old, the worst uniform that's never changed has got to be the Cowboys pants. Those are the worst pants in the NFL. The well, color, like the what color is that? It's not teal. What is that? Yeah, I don't know. No, it's the good. Steelers uniforms might be the worst. What? Those throwback ones that look like they're the bumblebee oh, ones. The bumblebee, Those are yeah. sick. Look like they're in prison uniforms. Those are cool. Okay, well, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. By the way, let's go to the NFL because is it? You said the Packers. You think about the iconic franchises, right? Like the Steelers never wear a different helmet. The Packers never wear a different helmet. The Cowboys well, never wear a different. You helmet. You can't wear different helmets in the NFL. You have to like. No. Get a, well, okay, but they've okay. They've never changed it. Like the char. How many different year? How many different versions of the LA Chargers oh, helmet yeah. has there been? They have a different color helmet every year. How many different versions of the Jets helmet has there been? The Jets have a different helmet every single the Jets year. Should probably make a new one during the season. Um. So some of these, yeah, I mean, the, some of these Maybe franchises, the, Jets. the Jaguars. How many different versions of the Jaguars helmet? Has there been the gold to the blue? So like, but if, but if you're like a a fan of Jacksonville, do you think it's cool? Because you can say, now I can get a different one. Or you say like the Packers, like there's only one logo. Like at some point, do you just, is the market saturated? Like, look, I can only buy so many t-shirts and hats and sweatshirts that have a G on it because they're never going (laughs) to, you know what I mean? I do find myself buying like different throwbacks and stuff. Like I saw a lot of people on Twitter yesterday saying, the Brewers, and talk about good marketing, they ran a half-off sale at the Brewers Pro Shop or Clubhouse because now they have a different logo. Yeah. If you're the Packers, at some point, don't you have every single piece of clothing in your wardrobe has a G on it? Well, that's why you never see, like, <clears throat> jersey sales for, like, Aaron Rodgers, like, never cracks jersey sales because everyone's already got a freaking Aaron Rodgers jersey. Like, what's different about an Aaron Rodgers jersey? Well, right. That's my point. Yeah, so that's like, what I'm saying. Like, you're right. Uh, some of the teams, like the Washington Redskins, have changed their logo the most out of any franchise. Yeah, that's another great example. Every other year, one year it's an arrow, one year it's the you know yeah. the Indian head, one year it's just text. I mean, like the Redskins have a different helmet every single year. The Jets have changed it five. The Giants have changed it one, two, that's three, four, five, one. six, seven times. The Jets five. The Giants seven. But aren't the Giants an iconic friend? Like I get the Jets, I get the Jaguars. Aren't the Giants like in the same category? Kind of as the Packers. Well, I, I mean, think, they've won multiple I think the reason why if like, you're the Giants or the Jets, you change it more because you're in a huge market and you want money. 
So when you're in such a saturated market, you change, you tweak the logo, and then everyone goes out there and buys new stuff because you're in a gigantic market. So you're just going to fleece your pockets. I think it goes into that too. Sick. I, I was going to say right before we go to Chad, those old New England Patriots unis. Oh, with dude. The color schemes, pretty cool. I love the old. The, oh, I the, love the old the ones. The Patriot guy and like the three yeah, point those stance. Those are sick. Those are sweet. Why would the Patriots have ever changed? Come on, Kraft. Stop getting happy endings. Chad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Morning, boys. What's good? What's good? It's chilling. What's bro. up, Chad? All right. So here's here's my thoughts on this. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I agree with Joe. The the Brewers '90s M with the grain behind it is probably one of the worst logos in sports history. That that goes without saying. I have nightmares about those. I things, hate. So. I wish I could forget about the '90s Brewers. Everything about it, I hate, Chad. Yes, but here's what I will say. The iconic motion W, the only thing that I would change that for is going back to the block W. But stay with me on this. Uh, a red helmet with a white stripe down the middle, white oval, and a red block W in the center Ooh. would be pretty sweet. It'd be pretty dope. Something like that. Um, the other thing is, as far as as far as far the the Brewers, the M and the B, I don't think I figured that out until I was, like, in my 20s. <laughs> really? All of a sudden, yeah, I, I had no clue. All of a sudden, one day, I was just like, Oh, just hit huh. this hit you, just dawned on you. Well, Chad, to be fair, to make you feel better, I didn't know Flowrider stood for Florida until like two years ago. Until <laughs> I saw a CD cover and had the state of Florida on <laughs> it, I thought that was like a cool nick rap name. I'm like, oh, that's Florida. And for I didn't me, know Flowrider was Florida until probably within the last two years. Yeah, he's, I'm, st- I'm he's speechless. The, I'm, I'm excited for Flo-rata. the going back to this. I do hope they they have the baby blue powder jerseys with the like the cursive script. And they you, do. They bring the pinstripes back. So That'd you, be dope. you, sorry, Chad. But real quick, you didn't. You thought it was just Flow Rider. I've told you this story before. Like, I, thought, I didn't know it was connected. That it's when you think about it. That F O L or F L O R I D A. It obviously spells Florida. I yeah, didn't put like, that together. When he first came out, I'm like, who the hell would name <laughs> themselves Florida? I didn't even think it was Flow Rider. I'm like, who would name themselves Florida? What an idiot. Well, remember the mo- the mama on Good Times. Her name was Florida Evans. So there is somebody out there. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I haven't thought about good times in forever. <laughs> All right, boys. Thank you, you uh, Chad. I appreciate that. I like, yeah. Who would name themselves Florida? <laughs> oh, it's Flo Rida. <laughs> the Chargers kind of went back to their baby blues a little bit. They need to get Tampa since they're kind of stinky. Oh, the, the creamsicles. creamsicles. Dude, Tampa's got to go back to the pirate Nelson. biting the knife. Yes, the creamsicles. That, the those are lit. The, the pirate with the knife in his mouth and the creamsicle pants. Yeah, the new, yeah. new Buccaneers logo stinks. Yeah, it looks like a pewter. You know, it looks like go you're, back to the, the Buccaneer biting the knife. Jameis Winston will look cool when he's stinking. Oh, man. Yes, creamsicles. We need more. And when, like, it, it was the NFC... What was it? The NFC Central back then, and it was yeah. t- Tampa Bay would come to Green Bay in like January, and it would be like they'd be all muddy. <laughs> they'd be like these orange and like mud-stained jerseys. Yeah, give me some creamsicles. And the Browns need to go back to that little imp guy they had back in the day. <laughs> what was that? Who cares about the stinking Browns? <laughs> this was Brian Gutekunst's office uh, fielding phone calls at the trade deadline. Anyone there? Hello. This was uh, Gutekunst when asked about did the Packers attempt to acquire a wide receiver yesterday. Anyone? Now, there was one random tweet. Nobody could really see if it, no, none of the information guys had it, but somebody had tweeted out that the Packers 
had offered a fourth round pick for Robbie Anderson and that the Jets had countered with a second round pick. I don't know that that's real or not. Bottom line is, and a week ago I was all in on making a trade that they should make a trade and that I thought they will and would have. I kind of came around the bend after this weekend. Um, I didn't think they were going to do anything. Are either one of you surprised that nothing happened? The only thing that happened, thank God, they cut Darius Shepard, which was three weeks overdue. Are you surprised that nothing happened in Green Bay yesterday? I'm not surprised by it at all. It, it didn't surprise me. What do you know? Yeah, I'm not surprised at all that they didn't do anything. A little disappointed they didn't, though. I mean, we well, who were just is- complaining three weeks ago about how terrible these receivers are. They can't catch balls. And now all of a sudden they're great because they won a few games. I think that's a little they, bit They're the a- second most past three games. They've scored the second most points in the NFL. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers has looked like the MVP. What he, he was. Got Devonte coming back, baby. Well, we yeah, ho- just win. imagine yeah. if you bring Devonte back and you actually brought another veteran receiver that knew how to catch the ball and run routes. Man, okay, the leading receiver on Sunday night against Kansas City was Aaron Jones, seven for one fifty nine, two touchdowns. We Wide receiver one had a monster game. The second, the tied for the second most catches, Alan Lazard and Jamal Williams at three. So the top two receivers in the win last week were running backs um, to the point of no wide receivers. Uh, go to the Raider game, which was a, a little more point scored. Valdez Scantling led in yards, but it's kind of misleading, Ebo, because he had one catch for 84 yards. You take that away, he had one catch. The leading receiver in that game was Jimmy Graham with four catches, and Aaron Jones with four catches, <laughs> and Jamal Williams with four catches. So you take away Marquez Valdez-Scantling's 84-yard touchdown against the Raiders. The Packers' leading receivers the last three weeks have been Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, and Jimmy Graham. Does that at all concern you? Yes, they won those games, but the last three games, those are the Packers' leading receivers. Two running backs and a tight end, and a tight end who is five years past his prime. I mean, when you get caught up in labels, it's 2019, why are we labeling things now? No, but uh, yeah, it's a little concerning because what is your, what, what's the job of the wide receiver, Joe? To catch, catch the football, right? Outside of like a couple here and there, what wide receivers caught passes? Not, none. I mean, it's concerning, but here's, at the end of the day, the Packers are winning. They're 7-1. and one. They averaged the second most points the last three games. You go back to four games, I think they're still second in the league of uh, you know over thirty points a game. They almost lead the NFL on it. As long as they're winning, does it matter? That's the comeback. It's going to once the competition ramps up. I don't want to say that we'll come back and bite them in the ass, but can you really go play every week and expect Aaron Jones to have seven catches for 159 yards and two touchdowns? I just I I I was telling Ebo this. I mean, if they were looking to really use more running backs, uh, wasn't Le'Veon Bell on the block? They're trying to get rid of him. Allegedly. You could make him wide receiver one. Packers did nothing. Your response, which is very well taken, is they're seven and one. They're undefeated. They are now four and oh. Without Devontae Adams, what universe of stupidity do we need to be in where you would give up assets or upset the apple cart when you're undefeated? And then the comeback is, well, there are only two teams that are undefeated on the season. Who just happened to be the two teams that made significant wide receiver moves? The San Francisco 49ers with Emmanuel Sanders and the New England Patriots' Mohamed Sanu. Last I checked, those were the only two undefeated teams in the NFL, yet they both gave up 
multiple draft picks to get a wide receiver, and there have a better record than the Packers. Yeah. Um, so that's why... Well, the Patriots didn't have one coming back from injury that's top five wide receiver. They had one go down in Josh Gordon. True. Um, and the San Francisco 49ers, they didn't have a receiver coming back from injury as a top five wide receiver. Jimmy GQ struggles to like get his receivers the ball. You got Aaron Rodgers, got a collection of guys that are getting it done. Jake Kumaro almost has a perfect passer rating when Aaron Rodgers targets <laughs> He's him. got eight catches. Uh, but, okay, so you don't want him to have almost perfect passer rating when targeting Kumaro? Uh, Alan Lazard almost has a perfect passer rating when Aaron Rodgers targets him. I don't mind Lazard. Him. I think he's got a little something to him. Kumaro stinks. He almost has a perfect passer rating when he targets him. Like, that's a good thing. You, and, w- you want that. And he did go to UW-Whitewater, which True. you need to factor in. And the Brewers were four outs away from advancing <laughs> in the playoffs. Should we have put that on our top four <laughs> list from last week? That would be like a Millerism, four most annoying Millerisms. Um, so you have – no, okay, Nelson, be the – you know, you're more usually either on the fence of being a fan of our teams or outright rooting against them. Uh, the Patriots, 49ers, the last two undefeated teams. Is it a coincidence – that the only two undefeated teams are the only teams that made a trade at wide receiver. I don't even think you really even need to look at the 49ers. Who's the most consistent team in the NFL in the past 20 years? New England Patriots. Who does some of the most trading in the NFL? New England Patriots. I'm just going to put two and two together and say, well, it probably helps them. Now, isn't every franchise trying to do what the New England Patriots do for the last 20 years? But they haven't accomplished it. Mm-hmm. You have it, the Dolphins who are trading away every asset and then trading for a corner that's hurt. Like they're obviously trying to blow that team up. You know what the Packers should have done? They should have traded for Bill Belichick. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it would take to trade for Bill Belichick? Oh my God. Well, the, the, uh, the, the, the Buccaneers gave, how many first round picks did the, look up how many first round picks the Buccaneers gave up to get Gruden. They gave like two first, they gave multiple first round picks to the Raiders to get Gruden. Got him a Super Bowl. Yeah, I see. I heard Nelson. If, I think it's two. What would you'd have to give up? What ten years, twenty years of draft picks to trade for Bill Belichick? Would Billy do it? What's he saying? He's got like three more years left. He said he's going to coach. He first he said he's going to he's going to coach in seventy, but now he's asking. So uh, in two thousand and two, Tampa Bay sent two first round yeah. picks and two second round. Wow, picks and eight million dollars to the Oakland wow Raiders. to get a coach. Two firsts, two seconds, and eight million bucks in cash. Would you trade that for to win one more super? What? That's a future file. Put that one in there, Ebo. How would you want your cash? In a suitcase? Twenties. Twenties. Uh, so a lot of suitcases. Would you give up two first? Forget the money. Would you give up two first round draft picks and two second round draft picks to win another Super Bowl in Green Bay? If you could bring in Belichick. And you knew that was going to get you a Super Bowl. Would you give up four draft picks for Bill Belichick? Why wouldn't you? I'd take a Super Bowl well, right only, now. Because if you'd they be... allowed you to give up Gary. I mean, that's only oh, the first round. But you get to keep, you get to keep oh, Bill Belichick, okay. though. But then you. But he's how long has he got left? Oh, that's fine. As long as he got Belichick, even a couple of years, probably got say you're, much Super Bowls. Say anyway. you're guaranteed four more years with him. Yeah, do it. The rest of Rogers' playing career. I'm writing that. That's a future file. All you got to do is like. Like Antonio Brown did, just call your coach a cracker, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you'll be shipped off to the Patriots. It's that easy. Yeah, or or my crazy conspiracy theory from Friday that Brady's going to walk, he's going to take AB with him. Gronk's just sitting out a year, and then Brett Bielma was the secret saboteur, and it's going to be Harbaugh and 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 Bielma. Yeah, and I don't Brady's think that team's going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, that would be crazy. All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. So. 
Well, okay. When do you think? Let me ask you this, Anibo, because I know you're obviously the Packers made the right move. When do you, when do you? Think, I'm not saying they made the right move. I'm just defending Goody. Okay. When when do you think Adams? They, do you think? Well, put it this way. Do you think they didn't make a trade because they know deep down when Devontae Adams is going to play? They have an idea in mind. Like it's two more weeks, and then they or it's he could have played Sunday if that was a playoff game, or he could play. They think they can beat the Chargers without Devontae Adams. But if this was a wild card game or a Week 17 game against the Lions for the division title, he could play. Like, do you think they know internally to the day when Devontae Adams will play? Well, they did. What LaFleur did say that if it was a playoff game, he'd play. Um, You're undefeated without Devontae Adams. You're finding ways to win. Like, this isn't college football. We have to have style points. You just need a, a victory. That's it. So the Packers are undefeated in October. They have the Chargers coming up to start November. It's going to be 70% Packers fans. The Chargers stink. And then you have, what, the Panthers and then a bye. And the Panthers, you host them for, a, what, a 325 game now. What are the Panthers? They're not that great either. Not I that mean, great. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's probably going to get his, but whatever. Let him get his 200-some yards, and the Packers will still win by two touchdowns. Um, why not wait up until you that if the Niners are still undefeated at the time, you got a bye week. Devontae Adams, you're good to go. What's it matter if you keep winning? It's a fair point. Like, you guys start to sound like cheeseheads. You're uh, winning, no, but you're I'm mad about it? I'm not saying I was mad. I was asking you the question. I mean, you, you guys, as in the Royal, continue. you guys. You always need to continue to try and improve your team. Because if you're not trying to improve, you're getting How do you improve on going undefeated? You add better players. <laughs> they hey, are. They're getting Devontae Adams back. Hey, Nelson, I will say this to your defense. You're only the smartest guy in the room until you're not, right? Yeah, and he's got $9.5 million sitting there waiting to be spent. And what do we criticize Ted Thompson about? Not spending Hey, are money. you going to put Goody on Mount Notice? No, but he should have went For going undefeated in October? Who's, sm- got who's smarter, Gouda Kunst or Stearns? Well, one team's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> wow.